Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, God. I can't remember. Actually, yes, I was going to say I can't remember the last time I had the shits, but it was yesterday. Oh, Jen. I don't know if you've ever had this where you've got that sort of thing is happening and, um, and it, you know, it only ever happens when someone's in the house that doesn't live there. So we had a chap <laughs> around the house doing some electrical stuff. Oh, no. And uh, Chloe's knocking on the door going, I've got to get in. And I was like, you absolutely can't. <laughs> you have to leave me to my, you have to leave me alone. Full stop. I thought you were just going to say you have to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> It was an offence, actually. So if Chloe had left me at that point, it would have... I think it would have been reasonable. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Well, we don't often start a podcast in this way, which is uh, with a proper introduction. Normally, we just start talking and uh, we, we have no idea when Alex is going to press record. But today is a different day because today, this particular episode is our 100th episode of Women Talking Bollocks. Yay! In the background, you can hear this insane cheer. Oh, was, that was it, was it? OK, fine. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and because it's a very special episode, we have a very, very special guest uh, with us uh, is that me? for this episode. Yeah, no, hang on, I haven't oh, got sorry. to introduce you. It's okay. And I would love to introduce to you the fantastic, the hilarious, the wonderful human being that I adore. It is Jessica Foster-Q! Yay! Yay! Guys, that's so nice. It's the nicest introduction I've ever had. I thought she must, maybe they're bringing on someone else. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's for you, babes, it's for you. Oh, thanks. You couldn't get anyone else to agree, Jess. You're the only one. Maureen, not now. <laughs> Jess, thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, more like. Isn't it great that we can just do this from our houses? Oh. Yeah, I'm on the sofa. I can see you've got a pot plant behind you, Jess. Yeah. There. Pot plant. Not a pot plant, everyone. Not a not a pot plant. No, not a not pot a plant. Just plant. A, and not no. a candle, Maureen. <laughs> Jess won't get that. No, Jess, just, it's just, it doesn't matter. We can't go into it. Um, Foster Q, thanks for coming on. And it's lovely to have you here. Should we do like an interview thing? I've, I've oh got God, questions. Yeah. 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 Oh, 
All right. What are we what are we interviewing? What oh, you start? You start. We'll go from there. Well, I wanted to talk about firstly, let's talk about your podcast, Jess, which I've guested on twice now and also once for a Patreon. That's oh. how I'm practically a regular on hoovering. You might have been on it more than anyone else in that case. <laughs> Oops. Oops. I love it. <laughs> for any of our WTB listeners who haven't listened to hoovering, can you tell us a little bit about it? So thanks. Yeah. Okay. It's called hoovering. It's, it's about eating. I think. I love it. Basically, yeah. there's enough noise in the world about food, and I think I've been doing it for five years. What a nerd! Um, uh, <laughs> I basically, I think it's a very uncomplicated thing to say. I like food. I love food. Yeah. Everyone's always going, "Oh, I love food," but what happened is about five years ago, I started reframing my relationship with eating, and I overheard. I'm going to say it here. My mum saying in a not very kind way about someone else well they don't love food they just love eating and i thought oh that's a fascinating way of throwing shade and i thought how interesting that it's still quite transgressive and as a feminist to say no i like eating it's not about the food the food can be disgusting at times i want to put loads of food in me i love (laughs) eating hot big hungry bitch and um and I was just sort of coming to terms with that being like oh proud is a bit strong but like neutral about going yeah I'm really fucking hungry I eat loads and actually I thought yeah I think there's room in the world for conversations about eating not food eating so it's a podcast where that I eat with whoever's on the podcast with me and we get into the topic of eating and um it's been all sorts of conversations on there sometimes quite serious stuff about how different ways that people eat can impact the environment or politics of the food system in this country or I've got into really dark stuff I'm why am I selling all the miserable stuff I've got into really dark stuff about people's <laughs> histories with disordered eating and he and it's followed a real journey for veganism plant-based meat or not like we've got I've got into everything with everyone and it, but everything on there from a big old fallout recently with the lady that turned out to be a conspiracy theorist who thought I knew we'd be having a spicy conversation because she's written a book called The Great Plant-Based Con and she doesn't believe in plant-based eating as being healthy or good for the planet. So I knew we were going to have a debate, but also within minutes she'd said um, that she believes the keto diet can cure autism. And I was like, oh, God, oh, oh no, oh. And um, long story short, she's asked to have that episode taken down. But if you were quick enough to download it in the first week and everything from that from like some of the funniest conversations I did got one with Rosie Jones where she took I think 25 minutes just to describe how she eats a Cadbury's cream egg yeah <laughs> and it involves nudity like there's a really intense quite erotic ritual um anyway yeah hopefully that gives you an overview <laughs> I've listened to loads of it in fact it accompanied me on um, many a car journey oh, and thanks, Edinburgh Festival you know, when you just, when you want some company with friends, I'll listen to Jess talking to someone I know. Usually someone I know, Jess, actually, because I find it quite oh. comforting. And then they talk about food and what they like eating. And it's quite joyful, actually. I mean, yeah. I know there's serious topics to be covered in it. And that's important because I think there's so much, particularly for women, I think, so much dysfunctional, so much shame around eating, mm. which I find very upsetting. But just the, there is so much joy to be had. And I also love looking at the photos on Instagram of all the lovely food that you oh, are eating. Oh, the food is so good. Yeah, looking. Sometimes I look at it, I'm like, who the fuck is cooking that? And sometimes yeah. it's sometimes you go to restaurants, yeah. And sometimes it's like these bastards can really cook. 
Yeah, some of these bastards can really cook. I used to cook a lot on it. I feel bad for the people that don't, like, so, I mean, in the last batch I did, I went to a really fancy place called Flesh and Buns, which sounds gross, but is amazing in Covent Garden, with Celia Abbey. Um, but just a few episodes before that, I had Luke McQueen, and for him I made oh. him take a tablet called a Miracle Berry that gave him the diabolical shits and made chicken taste of grapes. <laughs> Okay, I just really feel like you need to go back and rewind. What the hell is this tablet and why would anyone take it? Yeah. Um, what is it? I bought it off the dark web. Okay. I don't think it's really made of berries. I just I heard about so. it called a miracle berry and it distorts your taste perception. Why would you want that to happen? Well, he went big. So it does things like I chomped into a lemon and a lime. Yeah. And it tasted incre- It tasted like sherbet. It was amazing. So you do it just as an experiment. Right. What Luke did was eat an entire lemon, rind and all, an entire lime. Rind and okay. all, half a pot of lime pickle. Bish, bash, bosh. Luke's not very well to the next day. It's not science, mate. No, that's not what you want from your podcast guests is them to ring you at 10am the next day and say, tell me I'm not the only one who's just shat their pants. Right, <laughs> no, no. I mean... <laughs> I mean if you've eaten a whole lemon and a lime and some pickle together, uh, I'm surprised he didn't shit his pants immediately yeah. or at least throw it up. That's yeah. a classic McQueen move, though. Well done, Luke. Uh, I hope you don't mind that we've talked about that on the podcast. But I think that's it's, it's fair game, isn't it? He'll be yeah? proud. I mean, um, I'd love it, uh, Jess, if you ever had Maureen Younger on your podcast, Hoovering, uh, just to I see... I want Maureen Younger on. Yeah, that's exactly... Just to see what Maureen makes for you. In fact, I would like to be there if that's happened. I won't speak. You won't, <laughs> Would I, you eat I, it? I won't talk... Oh, God, no, I'm not going to... I want to watch Jess try to eat it. I, I, <laughs> Maureen, Jess... should we do that in the next batch? Are you free in June? Yeah, definitely. I mean... Uh... Jen's face. <laughs> what? Jen's like, what? what am I in for here, then? Has Maureen got some sort of... Bad cooking when you reputation. talk about the ritual of eating, I'm very excited for you to see Maureen's ritual of eating okay. a jacket potato. That is jacket potato. <gasps> okay. Jen, if ever me and Jen fall out, it'll be because she's seen me eat one too many jacket potatoes. Because I basically, well, I, I don't use a fork and knife. I use my hands, and I just suck out the potato. Right. Oh yeah. God. It tastes better that way. It does taste no, it doesn't actually. Um, it really doesn't. I mean, and if it does, I don't care. There's no excuse for that. <laughs> I actually just want to see if Maureen can cook you anything. It doesn't have to be a jacket potato because every time Maureen's tried to cook me something, I've had to stop her and go, no. And she takes over. You, you can't do whatever this is, OK? <laughs> whatever this is has to stop. I tried to make a chicken stir fry and Jen was like, no. Oh, dear. How can you get that wrong? Well, I don't know if you've ever had a chicken stir fry um, yeah. with, like, it's basically, chopped, chopped, you know, like a bag full of stir fry. Yeah. Cooked. Put that in first. Then add. I did not put that in first. No, because I didn't stop you. You were going to put it in first. No, I did not. I was. What not. were you going to put in first, Maureen? The chicken. Okay, so this was what Maureen was going to do. She was going to put chicken in, and then a bag full of salad. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't salad. It was stir fry. Well, whatever. And what else were you going to put with it, Maureen, to make it taste like a stir fry? <gasps> a bit of sauce. What? What sauce? You didn't have any sauce. Do you remember? You didn't. I did have sauce. No, I had, do you remember? I physically sauce. had to leave the house to buy the sauce. Anyway, moving on. So, <laughs> so, oh, oh, actually, I do remember what Maureen had. Maureen had gone out and bought dark soya sauce. Soya sauce. I remember yeah, dark this. Dark soya sauce. Yes. Yeah, dark soya sauce on grated 
what cabbage and some raw chicken. Anyway, look, it's fine. Um, what I'm saying is good luck, and I'd love to hear it on the podcast. I can't um, wait. What, what I'm saying is it's it's not her bag, uh, is it, Maureen? No, not really. No, no. good, good. Um, I can cook mince. Oh yeah, if you want it boiled, <gasps> just. I do not boil mince. What, Maureen? I've literally, I've literally heard how you cook mince, and you, you've only recently stopped boiling oh, it. Oh, you should have seen my Niswa's salad, Jess. Oh, I'm currently still in the throes of a food poisoning, and I don't this know if I true. can. Even I couldn't eat it. I had to put it in the bin. It had egg noodles in it. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, egg no. noodles, broccoli, and what was it? What? Salmon they, and what? red red wine vinegar and yogurt. Oh, it was disgusting. Oh, oh God, Maureen, shit. None of which was on the oh, ingredients. Shit. If you see the picture of, in the book, because Jen got me these Jamie books, you see the picture and then you see the picture of mine. Yeah, because you've used completely different ingredients. Yeah, I did, really. Yeah, so yeah. I gave her a book and I said, this is a great book because what it is is it's like it's recipes and they're like five or seven ingredients. And, five and ingredients. It's just a simple five ingredient. I thought Maureen can't fuck that up because it's five ingredients. Yeah, she'll use and, five and, and, and other a lot... ingredients. No, she used like eight other ingredients. <laughs> eight other ingredients. Didn't use one of the five that was included on the ingredients. Just went, oh, well, I think I can do something better out of oh egg God. noodles, Yogurt, red wine, vinegar, and oh, some salmon, and I was like, "It was awful." No, of course it was awful because this our salad has tuna and potato and green beans and uh, it's just other fucking ingredients. Yeah. Morning, Jesus Christ. Anyway, let's not dwell on that anymore because I know Jess has got a dicky tummy. Alison, <laughs> uh, how's your week been, my love? Talk, talk, talk well, to me. Well, okay, if we can talk food for one more second here, I uh, I tried. So I'm air fryer mad. Uh, I've entered the air fryer world. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh my yeah, God. yeah. I just, That's my I just big love thumb it. Up. I just love the air fryer. And I thought, you know, I'm up north. I am uh, basically married to a Mancunian man. So I thought I saw a recipe for Yorkshire puddings done in the air fryer. Great, right? Air fryer. You guys, Yorkshire puddings are harder than you would think to make. <laughs> they, I made doorstops is what I made. I made flowered doorstops, if anyone would like them. Uh, they were so bad. And Daddy eats like any shit that I make. <laughs> but I saw him cut into it. Just kind of look at it. And I just saw him like put it to the side. And oh. then just continue eating. And I was like, oh, I know, babe. And then I was like, they're not that bad. And I cut into it and I was like... Fail, ultimate fail, guys. Uh, oh, Yorkshire yeah. puddings are hard. Everyone's like, oh, they're so easy. I'm sticking to buying them frozen. I'm sticking to buying them frozen. It's easier, much easier. I think yeah. maybe maybe Yorkshire puddings are better in the oven than in an air fryer. I don't know. Yeah, they, they can be quite tricky to make, but... Yeah. Maybe they're in too long. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I kept waiting for them to puff up. They weren't really puffing up for a while. I yeah, they it was it was a fail. Anyway, uh, but I'm still an air fryer man. I've done a ham in the air fryer. I've done a roast in the air fryer. I've done I've done every, a full chicken in the oh my god, I love my air fryer so much. Burgers? I did burgers the other day in the air fryer. Got even oh, veggie yeah. burgers. Delicious in the air fryer. I, I roasted beetroot in the air fryer recently and Ooh. you know how long it takes to do in an oven it just seems to take forever and I just whacked it in there it was like 20 minutes baboom my beetroot was ready because I was doing this beetroot and feta salad thing and mm. I just whacked that in there and I've got to tell you kids wow there's a little um, top tip because if you were going to roast them in an oven you'd pop tin foil around them so did you just put them in skin on or did you skin them before you put them in 
How I did you skinned treat them. them. You put them I, in? Skinned I skinned them? them, but I marinated them. So I've, mm. I had in, in, lightly in some oil and some herbs, and mm. and I put it at quite a low temperature, which I've noticed wow. is important in an air fryer. Otherwise, it dehydrates it. Yeah, well, the air fryer goes two fifty, and you're like, I yeah. don't, who's cooking anything at two fifty? So I'm like, no, you've got to whack it down to one fifty, and baboom, you're going to get yourself Brilliant. some nice beetroot. And it wasn't dry. In fact, it was. I'm going to say, look, I don't want to go on about it, but it was brilliant. It's moist. She's going to say moist. I could see that. I knew well. you'd have it. Moist. Nobody wanted that. I've told you about saying that word on a, a, a... It's very triggering for a lot of people if they're listening to this in their ears to hear you say that word, Maureen. Moist. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Dear God. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about my word. I was going to come to you, Maureen. I know she's been desperate. She's like, when's it about me? <laughs> when is it about me, which is obviously the main thing. I've published my latest... <gasps> Oh, wow, it's yep, amazing. It's just in time for Christmas, Maureen. Yeah. I was supposed to publish it about two years ago, last Christmas, in time for Christmas and never got round to it. But yeah, it, it came out this week. Um, this is obviously a, a, a pre-sale copy. Prisons of My Life. There is a story there that features two comics and one of them is a beige lesbian with a Spanish mother. I don't know who that is. I don't know where mm. I got that character from. No idea. No idea who that could be. <laughs> but yes, it includes... The stories from The Void, I've included them in there. I'm going to take The Void off. But yes, I published that today. So that's out on Amazon today. You can get hardback. Oh, wow. Prisms of My Life by Maureen Younger. You can buy it on Amazon.co.uk. Is it Amazon.com? Is it, is it international Anywhere, you at can Amazon? Buy it any, international. Get yeah. yourselves a copy. Get in. Get in. And actually, maybe the first person to email us at womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com and who wants a copy, maybe Maureen will send you a signed copy. As a, as a, she, you'll have to pay for it, obviously, because Maureen doesn't do anything for free. I was going to say Maureen's face um, is not into the idea of just giving a book yeah. away. Mm. Maureen's like, hang on a second. We didn't talk about but this. No, but I, I, honestly, I was, meant to sell, I, meant, I was meant to publish this about two years ago, never got round to it. And then eventually I was like, oh, Maureen, just blinking... Because I sent it, I sent it off. Thought I proofread it. Then I got a proof, pre, you know, proof copy. And I was like, there's so many typos. And it also includes uh, the three first chapters of my novel, which I haven't published yet. So the three first chapters are in this of my novel, fictional lives. And if people like it, then I might publish the actual novel. Wow, Maureen, you've been busy. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Well done. Amazing. Like we said, you can get that on Amazon. Just buy yourself a copy today. Don't delay. Well done, Maureen. Flipping really it. I've got nice. nothing. Uh, what have I? Uh, <laughs> I've got. Uh, I haven't got anything to tell. There's no books coming out, so um, I've got a book. So if you want to get that, people like to tell me that they can't get hold of my book, um, and I'm sorry about that. You don't live in the right country. <laughs> it's <laughs> what I've learned about this book because I didn't take any notice of the thing that I signed when I got my book published. Is that my book is not available in most places so <laughs> oh. oh is it not if you live in the uk uh you can get a copy so but uh i don't think you can get it in most places anyway um is it not on amazon it, it is it is on amazon but people keep telling me they can't get it on amazon but it, it is you can oh. buy it on amazon yes and and on audible and all. anyway i don't know what i'm going on about that we all that 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 was that was published three years ago. Let it four years ago. Let let that go. Uh, anyway, we've all had weeks. Alison, you've had a week making uh, Yorkshire puddings. Yorkshire puddings feel. Maureen, yeah. you've had a week publishing a fucking book. Jesus Christ. And Jess, uh, you've had a week with a bad tummy. 
But now let's not dwell any longer. We've got to go back to, um, we're going to go back to Maureen Younger and, and maybe even Jess Foster because it's time to find out what the Be More Maureen moment is this week. I messaged Jen, I have just put olive oil in my eyes. <laughs> and I was like, sitting there going, why is it so blurred? I, I mean, you can't make this shit up, can you? <laughs> it was oh. fine in the end, but I wouldn't recommend it. No, you wouldn't recommend it, Maureen. <laughs> Well, this week, in fact, it's not Be More Maureen. This week is going to be Be More Jess. So, Jess, can you outdo me in a yeah. Be More Jess moment? Yeah, I can. I hope. Right. What happened is, it was a while ago, so that's all right, isn't it? Yeah. I had a, a memory recently of uh, when my son was a baby. He would have very regular eye infections. A health visitor said to me, and I, I don't know if you... If you don't know what a health visitor is, it's someone with perhaps 1% of the qualifications of a medic <laughs> whose job is to come round and often make you feel really confused and shit about how you're doing as a brand new parent. Some are brilliant, hashtag not all health visitors. I had a health visitor say, that looks like an eye infection. And I said, oh, should I take it, it him? I, I did call him. Should I take him to the doctor? <laughs> she said, no, no, no. Just put breast milk in it. If you're breastfeeding him, put breast milk in it. And I was like, all right. I heard that as well. Mm. She said it's full of antibodies. It's antibacterial. It's kind of this miracle liquid. And I was like, okay. It did get better. You could argue it got worse. Um, and I did take <laughs> him probably a week or two still further on from this to a GP. Um, you know what? It, I don't know. If you don't know what it's like getting a GP's appointment in London... It's sort of harder than it is to get into the Olympics and get a gold. <laughs> um, I managed to get him an appointment and um, I saw a GP. They said, yeah, the GP said, put breast milk in there. And I was like, okay, that's funny. That's what the health physicist said. And I have been doing that. And they went, you haven't been doing it enough. What? So I then spent the next week putting, <laughs> squirting... <laughs> Directly, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes sort of upwards of a tablespoon at a time, drowning. You were waterboarding tiny, your son. Yeah, in the eye with a thick, mucal, viscous, sugary tip milk. <laughs> he would cry and cry and cry and I wouldn't wash it because... I'd be like, no, you, his eyes were gunked up with the infection and now with the milk, the infection got worse and worse and worse. He had almost entirely red. There was no whites left in his eyes. And I thought, I can't, I just can't keep doing this. He can't see, he's sad, I'm sad. I went back and got another GP's appointment and this GP said, right, this child's eye infection is really bad. I'm going to have to give you antibiotics. Her words were, what the hell have you been doing? And I said, I have been putting breast milk in his eyes. A doctor, and she said, what? <laughs> I said, I've been putting my breast milk in his eyes. <laughs> and she said, why? And I said, a doctor told me. And she went, when did you go to the doctors? In the Roman times. <laughs> she didn't believe me that I'd been advised to do it. 
And I said, yeah. And it honestly, all the ho- it was like the walls came tumbling down as I realised the idiocy of it. She went, would you like your mum, say you had a sore eye, would you like your mum to squirt her bodily fluids into your eyes? And I was like, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. And basically, she called me out on it. She genuinely didn't believe me that another doctor had told me to oh, do it. Oh, that's just not your fault, though, Jess. I mean, there were various points when I was sort of squeezing, knock her into the face, this <laughs> tiny little face, just squeezing, squirting jets <laughs> into his already sore, sore actual fucking eyeball that I did think, surely not. <laughs> Surely not in the modern age. It's so hard, though, when you've got a new baby and you don't really know what you're doing and sometimes you've got, like, really strong instincts and then you, you suppress them because somebody says something. You're like, oh, well, you, you've been doing this for longer. You, you're a medical yeah. professional. You must know. Yeah. And so you ignore all of the signals that go, this is nuts. Yeah, absolutely. I'm squeezing tit juice into my infected child's eye. Two medical people in a row, even if the first one, you know, we can debate, you know, yeah. but but two in a row were like in the eye, in the eye. I'm with you, Jess. Sometimes I got to admit some of some of the things I hear in this country, like when I came over here, I swear to God, sometimes I feel like the doctor's just going to be like one good leeching. You just need a good <laughs> leeching and you'll be fine, Allison. Like sometimes I'm like, I know you don't want to give away antibiotics, but come on. Yeah. Oh, Jess, that's not your fault. You did nothing wrong in that instance. Oh, that's a kind response. I think I milk boarded my son in the eyes. Well, you did, but yeah. you were told by you did. a professional. You absolutely milk boarded your son in the eyes. But um, you I know. feel like for clarity, he's like seven now and he can see fine. <laughs> I should just clear that up. He's got 20-20 vision. There's no long-term uh, damage was inflicted by you. Not uh, that we've due, noticed so far. Due to the boob milk. Uh, in, not that we've noticed. I mean, maybe sort of psychologically damaged, but yeah. physically fine. I was gonna, yeah. He does have a tendency to throw milk in his face now as opposed <laughs> to drink it. But he's getting past that, right? He's getting past he's, Yeah. That. He's got a thing about boobs, but other than that, that's, <laughs> he's just the average guy. Don't put them guy. near my face. Yeah. Don't put them near my face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jess, comparatively to the many Be More More in moments that we've had on this show where we are often bewildered and befuddled and just utterly have no idea what the fuck's going on, this actually makes sense to me. You did what any parent would have done, which is try to do the best thing for your son, even though all of your instincts were going, this is fucking nuts. Yeah. But, you know, we've all been there. And I agree with you about the health professionals. We got so much crazy advice conflicting about stuff. Advice. So much conflicting advice. Why have you put your son in so many things? When they're babies, they, they get very hot. You need to give them space to breathe. Why has your t- child not got a 16 blankets on them? Do you want your child to die of hypothermia? Why Why is your son lying on its front? Do you Have you heard of... Co- why is your son on its, on its back? Can you not see he's struggling to breathe? What? It's like, oh, my God, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing and you people are not helping. Yeah. In the end, we just had to shut them all down and go... I think we'll take it from here, guys. Um, yeah. Because uh, I don't think you know either. It's incredible, isn't it, that babies have been around for a while, haven't they? <laughs> they're, they're pretty strong. They're, they've, they... they've been, they keep turning up as well, don't they? Have you noticed that? There's loads of them. You, you, I always thought once I had my kids, they'd be like, oh, I guess that's it for babies. But they keep coming. Other people yeah. keep having them. And it's incredible how many books there are about babies. 
uh, and how to look after babies and what to do with babies. And literally none of them agree with the other one. No. It's like nobody seems to have any idea how to look after a baby. Maureen, are you are you grateful you don't have that stress? I'm, I'm kind of grateful I don't have that stress. Yeah, I don't think I've been a very good mother. Do you know what I mean? I just... <laughs> Well, not given the way you look after your pot plants more and try to set them on fire. No, and also if the recipe said put breast milk in its eye, I can imagine there'd be some goat's milk and maybe an egg Meal. noodle going in the morning. <laughs> baby's eye. No, there wouldn't be goat's milk in my house. But I mean, no, I just think I, no. I remember once I had a, I was looking after a friend's baby and it crawled into the kitchen. So um, I picked it up. I thought it shouldn't go in the kitchen. So I picked it up, stood it up, didn't realise if it can't walk, it could also can't stand and stood it up and just let go. And it Right, okay. Well, and hit his eye and started crying. And the parents came eye. down. I went, oh, he, I, I didn't, he just he hit himself. I didn't say it probably great. But I was like, oh, yeah. Where did you stand this outside. baby up? Not on the counter, I hope. On the floor. Oh, on, the floor. on the floor. Okay, just thank God. Because oh. um, they, 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 they... Yeah, he couldn't stand. No, that's probably why I was crawling, Maureen. <laughs> Yeah, I can't anyway, realise that later. There are, there, are, there, are, there are signs there. We don't expect you to pick up on those signs, Boring. Absolutely classic that we managed to squeeze a beam or more in moment at the end of that. I was going to um, say, she still did it. That's still amazing. managed to get one in. Yeah. Absolutely. Again, Jess, we, sometimes she worries she's going to run out of them and then she's like, oh, by the way, I did this thing. To, or they happen live. I love it when they happen oh, live. happen live. Or I don't realise it's a beam or more in moment and then Jen and Alyssa look at me and go, with the, can, with the candle... We plop, pointed plop, plop out thing. They were like, "That is a be more morning moment." Beautiful. We delicately explained to her. <laughs> no, we don't. Jen yells yeah. and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, great. Right, I'm glad we've covered that. Jess, thank you very much for your be more Jess moment, which actually, okay. uh, as I expected, it would made some sense. Again, Maureen, fuck knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Next up, it's time to turn to Alison June-Smith because it's uh, someone's got a problem and only Alison can help. It's time to ask Alison. Oh, that was a good one. Sorry, um, I don't have to my no, voice. That, that was all right. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Hey, thank you so much. As always, thank you to everyone who writes in with a problem. Well, this week we got Jess. So I asked Jess if she she had an idea of a problem. And she, and she does. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited. Uh, this one. Okay, so Jess is a problem. Another mom on my son's school run hates me. And my son is her son's good friend. Oh, All right. There we what? go. This is Wait. good. Oh. Yeah. How do you know this? How do I know she hates me? Yeah. That is a good question because that was one of my first things is can we figure out why you aren't a fan of the parents? If you can figure this out, this can help us to figure out how you're going to deal with this. How do you know she doesn't like you? Where do I begin? (laughs) Okay. We're going to call her Rebecca. She's not listening to this. Don't worry. WhatsApp group behavior we can start with. Oh, yeah. First ever interaction with her. I put in the WhatsApp group for the class my son's in. So I bought his school uniform like a dweeb. I bought his school uniform in July, right, before he began school. And by September, he'd outgrown it, arsewise. He's my son. So in September, I put in this WhatsApp group. Would anybody like five pairs of age five school shorts for free, of course? My son's outgrown them. She replies... Less than a second after that is sent, just saying, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. One. I've got a better one from in the last month. <laughs> oh, my God. I, just don't the reply. Hard, the hor- yeah, the horribler she is to me, the harder I try. The other day, my son was putting his um, scooter away badly in the scooter shed at school. And I said, oh, gosh, sorry, Rebecca, that's going to be in your way, isn't it? She went, yeah, it is. <laughs> Just this week. <laughs> oh. This happens all the time. I go, morning. And she just looks at me like I just stood there and farted. She looks at me like, oh. I think she knows what I do for a job and I think she finds it fucking ridiculous and embarrassing. The tangiest one in person was once I said, God, I love your, I love that cardigan, Rebecca. And then um, she just went, ugh. <laughs> what the fuck is this woman's problem? And walked off. Alison, I can't respond to this because it's going to be bad. Yeah, okay. Does she, uh, have you seen her interact with other humans? Yeah, it's horrid. Okay. But it's not as site-specific horrid as it is with me. Okay, but in general, she is. She sounds unwell. She is unpleasant. I'm going to say, Jess, deep down inside. uh, She's jealous, man. uh, Yeah, jealous was the number one thing that I thought of right away. She is like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. She's got great cardies. But but this is the thing, because you you got stuff going on and she doesn't like it. She doesn't like it. So, okay. So we've established, though, that she is just a difficult person in general, right? It's yes, not like she's like... I don't like, think she's uh, a social wizard. 
Yeah, and then turn it around and like, you know, chatting it up with other people. Also, I want to praise you, Jess, in your uh, when they go low, you go high behavior. Uh, that is how I live my life, right? I always like to try and kill with kindness. I learned that when I worked at a Walmart when I was young. The meaner people were, the nicer you are, they can't come at you, right? You just So well done you for handling it that way. Okay. I applaud you. Well done. I do intend to shame her thoroughly in future stand-up. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And you can. You can. Yeah. Is you that can. ethical? Who cares? It's fair enough. Yeah. What I want to tell you it's is... I the perks of the job. This is a tiny period of life, okay? This tiny little period, this will pass. And actually, I was going to say, I think it's actually ideal that you are not forming a close relationship with some of your child's friend's parents. Because you know what? They're going to be gone. Like, the, the kid's young right now. They're not going to be friends for very... So... Don't you worry about it, right? This is just like, this is a quick time. It's going to pass. In years to come, you'll be like, God, remember when I had to deal with that pair? You will not have to anymore, right? You wait. You wait. And if you try to force a friendship with the kids right now, they're going to grow up. They're not going to like each other. What if you did bond with this girl and then the kids don't? Then you got to deal with all that shit. So really, Jess, this is a blessing in disguise that this woman is is giving you nothing, right? I see it as a blessing in disguise. Now... Trust your gut as well. You don't like this chicken. And, and I mean, you know, yeah. you, you don't want your kid really hanging out too much. But right now you got to foster a nice relationship while they're getting along. Mm. Okay? So there's no one-on-ones, it sounds like, which is great. If there is a one-on-one, if ever there's the point, what I was going to say is could you phrase it like instead of having to be with them, you could always say, oh, hey, you know, um, uh, your child, uh, if you ever want to drop them off at ours, uh, they play so well together. By all means, feel free uh, if you want to go do some stuff. Do you know what I mean? If you frame it like you're doing her a favor. Oh, she- I'm so nervous. It's a good idea, but I'm so nervous I will end up. We are at the point now where my son hangs out one-to-one with every single other friend. Because Except for this they've one, yeah. all got parents I would happily have yeah. a tea or a beer with. All of them. And he now is sentient enough at seven to have noticed and listened to me repeatedly slagging her off and has now will go, but I can't ever have a play date with beep, can I? Because his mummy is horrid. And you go... I was going to say is don't slag off the mum. Don't talk the mum. It's done. Too late. Yeah. I think you got to give some talks about sometimes in life there are people we don't get along with, but yes. you know, we got to learn yeah. to deal with them, you know, yeah. and, and just put that in there. Um, you don't know if your son has told the, the friend what you've said about his mum. No, I've think? got him on a hard ban on that. Not that he right. can be trusted, but I have explained that that's how you make someone really sad. If you're rude about their mum and they'd be like, like that is like a no go zone. I haven't. Yeah. I mean, in real life, I haven't been really rude about her. I've just said, I don't I don't think she likes me very much and we can't be friends with everybody and I don't want to be in a situation where it's just us hanging out. Whereas you've got all these other people you could... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, not invi- yeah, yeah. they're not inviting, by the way. They're not inviting me around either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having to um, decline hundreds of invitations. Oh, dear. Well, look. By offering that, I think that's a real nice olive branch, right? Mm. If you're like, okay. 
Groups, look, always do group activities maybe. If you get stuck, right, like uh, you always want to be around other people, other parents, other kids. So if you have to be with her, if there's like, Mom, I really want to play. All right, well, let's invite Brian and his mom as well. Like always bring in some other people to the mix so you're never one-on-one with this person. All right? Um, Creating a buffer is very important, very important. Buffer, I'm going to write that down. Always have a buffer. So if it's other kids, it's other parents, but a buffer activities, right? So again, if you get stuck one-on-one, if you are somewhere with them, then you could, but being stuck in a house, that is the worst thing I could fucking imagine with someone that you hate. So if, you know what I mean? If the children, they're getting together, let's go to a movie, let's go to the museum, let's do something. So at least there's activities that is distracting. Again, it's all about buffers. Also, again, I just want to remind you, this is a very small period of time. You are not going to be stuck in this for very long. And in fact, I grew up with my house being the place where kids could come. Uh, My parents never formed a single friendship with any of my (laughs) parents' friends. So, (laughs) No, but nobody did in the old days. Not one. Nobody was expected. Like, my my mum would actively say, "Uh, I'm just dropping you off and um, your father's picking you up because I don't want to talk to that woman. And I'd go, okay, that's fine. You know, it was completely, nobody was haggard. Nobody was having drinks. And in fact, people had birthday parties so you could drop your kid off and then pick them up. Nobody expected parents to hang around and watch your kid watch a fucking magician in the corner while you munched on a fucking carrot stick trying to find some will to live. The the small talk that that goes with becoming a parent is just so absolutely... It's outrageous. It's It's outrageous. And it's unnecessary. And we should all as parents agree that we don't need to talk to each other. Do you remember, Jane, there, there was like a kid's thing and Jane pretended to talk to me for like an hour just on the grass so she didn't have to talk to the other parents. We just sat and chatted for an hour because you didn't want to mix with them. Do you remember? Yeah, but I think you need to make it clear that you weren't physically there. I phoned you. No, no, I was there. Uh, uh, Oh, I wasn't. You weren't there. You were on the phone. (laughs) But she was adamant. She was ready to argue that she was was there. It was a a FaceTime call, to be fair. But no, you weren't weren't physically there. But she was, oh yeah, that's true. Because she didn't want to talk to the other parents, so she talked to me for an hour instead. So is that potentially another solution for me is that I could FaceTime Maureen? Yes. Yeah. Always. Easily. Also, Maureen's got, uh, Maureen's really happy to just like t- chat about anything. So you can 8.50 just to 9.10 most days is at its worst, Maureen, if you're up and ready. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> those 20 minutes yeah you gotta one. you gotta give yourself some mantras before you get to that right i okay. want you to start mantraing before you go it is only 20 minutes it is only 20 minutes it is only yes. 20 minutes this too shall pass he will grow up soon they will not be friends later in life the other thing you could do is reverse psychology on your child right now start talking a lot about hey do you want to hang out with so-and-so do you want to hang out with so-and-so maybe your kid will be like no i don't want to hang out with him so maybe a little reverse psychology might help yeah. a little I mean, bit I I personally wouldn't bother talking to her. She doesn't want to talk to me. I'd be like, fuck her. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that type of person wants you to make an effort. They want that. I'm with, I'm with yeah. Maureen. I would go, I would go, I would handbrake turn 180, go full the other way. And the next time she talks to you, just don't even get eye contact with her. And just make yeah, these noises. Uh, because. Uh, 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 that's the danger is I am going to snap. I'm a snapper. Before you and snap. And going to come a snapping point. She before does occasionally you... approach me to talk. And it's always to tell me something. She's the child that my son is friends with. She's relatively indifferent about. She's got an older child who she's obsessed with. 
And every now and again, she'll approach me, there'll be no hello, no good morning, and just start listing the achievements of the fantastic older child. That's her, like, that's the chat she's got. And I would love, have I permission? Am I here being advised? Next time that happens and I start hearing about how fabulous Violet is in her swimming gala to just go, ah! Yeah, yeah, totally. walk off. Totally. In my own best cardi. When Jen Jen had her kids and she tried to show me photos for the first time, she said, do you want to see the pictures of the photos of the kids? I went, do I have to? And she went, yeah. (laughs) You're my best friend, Maureen, so I had to look at the photos. I mean, I don't look. I, I don't. Do I, I have to? I don't. I don't think you have to um, be nice to this woman. That that's my feeling. Just okay. yeah. yeah. Just remember, it's going to pass. It's so. This is a fleeting time in life. Before you know it, you'll be like school runs. I wish those were only my fucking problem now. So don't yeah. you worry, Jess. Like it's going to get better and worse. It's going to get worse. Um, <laughs> Alison, thank you very much for your advice. Um, you I think any advice. parent that's listening to this will will hard relate to the fucking hellscape that is drop off and pick up when you have children. If you're lucky enough to have really good friends, as I know our mutual friend Katie Mulgrew does, because I met them all recently, she has a, as she would always, as you'd expect Katie to have like 68 friends wherever she goes. Yeah. But for most of us, it's turning up going head down don't get eye contact also if there are any mums listening of course i don't mean you you're lovely uh great thank you very much alison june smith for your advice is advices (laughs) sorry alison i'm distracted by the fact that maureen appears to be drinking double cream i'm not drinking double what are you drinking it's a cafe latte oh thank god i sorry (laughs) Let's be honest, it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility that Maureen is chugging on some double cream. (laughs) It's time now to have a little chat about what we've been watching with our eyes and our noses. Well, I've been watching Crime. I've watched the whole series on ITVX. Totally recommend it. It's um, a police series uh, written by the guy did... Oh, what do you call it? Welsh, the guy, the Scottish guy, Irvin Welsh. And it's set in Edinburgh and it stars Doug Gray Scott, who won an international Emmy for his portrayal. And it is really, I thought it was really, really good. I mean, Doug Ray Scott brings it up a level. His acting is so impressive. He's brilliant in this role. So he plays the detective and there's a child that's gone missing and he's looking for the child. And he is too basically involved. He takes it really personally. He hasn't got that professional distance and he gets so involved and it, 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 which is great for his humanity, but not great for a policeman. And it's about basically he's breaking down, trying to find the murder of these children. And he's brilliant in it. I really, really enjoyed it. It's a much more, because of his acting, it's, it's a much more deeper crime series than most crime series are. They're going to do a second series now as well. Oh, wow. And I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, there is a thing, though. If you want to drink every time a certain character has a drink or takes drugs, you will be comatose by it. <laughs> OK. I mean, there is a... I won't say who the character is, but he drinks and takes drugs, and you're like, how are you physically able to stand, let alone do anything else? It's always like that in, in TV shows. You see people and they come, know, they come want... home and then they pour themselves like a whiskey, don't they? And it's like... Just it's like half a mug of whiskey, and I think... And then they, or they never just sip it, do they, because they've had a hard day. They swig this whiskey back... 
and then they're fine. I mean, the amount of drug taking and drink is just... And there is one plot point which is totally unbelievable. But he is really, really good. And um, it's Ian Welsh and... Oh, Irvin what's Welsh. What's the guy that did... Irvin Welsh. Uh, Irvin Welsh. Yeah, what's, what was that film, that, that really famous film, Trainspotting? He was yeah. behind Trainspotting. So, you know, you, he, he is a great character and um, he does... He, he does deserve his Emmy. He's, he's fantastic in it. So that's Crime and that's on ITVX. It's, I think it's six parts or five parts series. Is that a, a new series? Or yeah, it's new. It is and new. It's, it's done so well, they're going to do um, a second series. Brilliant. So you get that on ITVX. Um, Maureen, you're really good at coming up with the shows where people can watch it without spending money. And I love that about you. That's brilliant. So Crime on ITVX. Brilliant. Check that it out. That's a good one for you and Chloe. Listen, watching TV has now become a full-time job, I'm afraid. I'm just mm. trying to catch up with all of the content. I, I can't yeah. I can't do it, Warren. It's too much. But, yeah, I think you're right. Chloe would love that. Jess, have you, what have you been watching? Anything? I was going to do some podcasts. Is that all right? Yes. Ooh, yeah. And yeah. We love it. I've been catching up with a brilliant podcast called Maintenance Phase, which is, oh, God, I'm not going to remember. The, it's Aubrey Gordon and, an, and a man. <laughs> and he has another podcast called... Oh, you're wrong about, you're wrong about. You're wrong um, about, okay. And so basically what it is, it's with maintenance phase, it's dispelling kind of like uh, myths around wellness and the diet industry. I've made it sound really earnest. It's not, it's so funny. But what they do is they do a series, but it's like they're investigative journalists and authors and they do deep, deep research dives. So every episode will be like this really like origin story right up to the present day of what's really going on behind all sorts. So there'll be one on like the entire history of Weight Watchers and where it's at now, where their finances are at, how successful they've ever been as a company, whether their product works. Um, they did one on an American TV show, which I hadn't heard of, that sounds so bleak, called The Biggest Loser, where it was, which was basically oh, like yeah, a reality TV weight loss competition. What's that? that oh, glorified yes. starvation. And it basically yes. would... And people died on it because they'd put people on treadmills for so long till they had... And they'd like love it if people fainted and stuff. The whole point was... Oh, it was God. so... So they're basically... But I, their relationship with each other is so good. They really... It's a really great rapport and they're both together. They're really, really, really funny and naughty. It's much more irreverent than I've made it sound. They're just... It's just common sense calling out wellness and diet crap basically it's really good it. what's that um, called again the maintenance story? maintenance phase so it's aubrey gordon and michael um hobbs yes i think of it right and 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 that's available wherever you get your podcasts and it's free great uh it's not like a pay for podcast and the other podcast series i listened to on a long long drive recently which i feel like is a must listen just for everybody's sanity but it did make me a bit sort of like stress out and angry it's called a very british cult ah yes i've listened to it have you it's on yeah. bbc sounds and it's about a well it's about a cult that's a madly alive and kicking called lighthouse limited it, it, i think it was originally on radio 4 was it or at least i heard it advertised maybe i heard it advertised maybe it was the podcast they advertised on radio 4 and that's what got me yeah yeah i haven't listened to all of it actually i've listened oh, to oh do the first two episodes yeah it's a mentoring scheme set up by this man called paul war to bring people in to become business mentors but 
basically it gets to the point where everybody involved in it is has gotten rid of their entire family, blocked out their entire family, remortgaged, well, sold their houses, got nothing left, had to got go rid and of live all of their in money. massive shared flats, given them all their money. And even the people who'd escaped, who were describing what had happened, the way they talk still with a fondness and an enormous amount of fear for some of the other people involved, it is fascinating. Um, and they're, they're no longer able to trade as a company, but they've become now a religion. Of course, so they, oh, they get tax breaks too. No, yeah. oh, are you kidding? No. And that's the bit that was like, what? How is that possible? But I think people need to know about it because what blew my mind in it and what I thought was beautifully done was it really shows how really intelligent, you know, down to earth, anyone could get conned. Anyone could get pulled in. You just need to be in a slightly transitional or low moment and how they're selling what they sell to you is actually... a. I can see how anybody could get drawn in. So I feel like everybody needs to listen to it. So everybody needs to hear the words lighthouse and to steer the flip clear because awesome. it is, f- wow. And normally you're so used to listening to stuff about cults and it's like orange robes, sexy business. Do you know what I mean? Whereas this is like a lot more insidious, more like a, well, it's a financial con, but it is a cult. Yeah. I love cult stuff. I love cult stuff. Two things I always learn whenever I learned about cults is, number one, as soon as you start using a certain type of language, right, when you have to use their language, that is a cult move, and then isolating you from people that are important, friends and family, if you yeah. see yourself starting to distance, yeah. And and there's a lot of people who say certain things are cults that you wouldn't even think are cults, and I'm telling you, oh, I love that, Jess. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. British cult, yes. They, yeah, they sound like an even more intense version of, I suppose, Scientology would be the mm-hmm. most, I mean, that is a re- considered a religion, isn't it? But it, yeah. it, it has that way of, like, if you're not on board. But so, Scientology is fine as long as everyone's on board. But I think yeah. this 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 cult is like, no, no, we've got to isolate you. We've got to keep you away. And that's the only way we're going to rinse you of every single penny that you have and all of your security. And so that then you are solely dependent on them for literally everything. Emotional support, financial support, physical support. Oh, my God, these bastards. Yeah. Thank you, Jess. That's a brilliant recommendation. I'll go back because I started it. And do you know what? I think I got distracted and I never went. But, but I will go back and listen to the rest of it in in a highly stressed vibe, as I as I always am when I listen to these things where I'm like, these bastards! Yeah. I watched at 1.30 in the morning when I got back from a show. One of your recommendations, um, Alison, I I watched um, one of your horror recommendations and I, and I know that somebody else, uh, a listener, has also went away to, to, to watch it and, uh, and I said that I would discuss it. So I watched Midsommar. Ah, mm. the film with them um, that we talked about with uh, that stars Florence Pugh, and well, I don't know what I think about that film. Yeah, just to recap, if in case you didn't listen to the episode where Alison was talking about it, it is a couple, a young woman and a young man. He basically wants to break up with her, but can't find a way to because she has suffered a big. Um, a big loss, a huge loss in her family. And so he's now unable to break up with her. And so rather than breaking up with her and uh, he invites her to come on this trip to Sweden with him and his friends. And there starts the horror where they go. Speaking of cults, Jess, it's a very traditional pagan ritual is being... um, is taking place in this very small village in Sweden and it all goes wicker man. And 
Yeah, I I um <laughs> I did like it. I didn't find it scary. No, it's it's yeah. not it's not a scary film at all. It's kind of creepy and it's a bit unnerving. But at the end of it, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about this. Yeah, the ending does leave you kind of going, what? I mean, the main takeaway is if you want to break up with someone, do break up with them. Just break up with them. Don't don't drag it out. That's the main takeaway, I think, from this film is don't invite them to a holiday to Sweden if you don't want them there. But it was um, there was something uh, very scary about a film where it's never dark. It's always sunny. It's all Mm -hmm. the sun is always. Have you seen it, Jess? No, but um, I've been to. I've been to Norway over New Year when it was never light and thought, oh. actually, I think I can see why everybody that lives in these hemispheres is a bit weird. Anyway, my point my point was about bringing this up was because uh, our listener who contacted um, us to let us know that she watched it and I said I'd watch it and I had feedback. And she was like, I think she was like, I don't know if I liked it or not. And I have to say... I usually have quite strong opinions about things, but I didn't not like it because I watched it to the end. But when I got to the end of it, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't find it wholly satisfying, but yeah. It, it made me want to watch uh, another horror film afterwards, though. Hey, see, this is, these are my gateway horror movies. These are my gateway oh, horror nice. movies. I slowly bring you in with some weird, yeah. Oh, Jen, I'm so glad you watched it. It's definitely, yeah. if, if you're looking for a gateway, if you think to yourself, I don't really like horror, then this is a gateway horror film and, and, and do. But now it's, it's probably a good time to ask you about a proper horror film, Alison. Yeah. So, Jess, what I like to do is I always choose a horror film because I'm horror film obsessed. And I always like to choose one that kind of correlates with the problem a little bit. Oh, yeah. So uh, this week I started thinking about, okay, well, parents and dealing with parents. What about uh, bad parents, judging parents? And so I want to recommend a movie that a lot of people overlooked. It's called Mum and Dad, 2017, starring... Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair. Now, I have a thing with a Nicolas Cage film. I just love that Nick at this point is just doing whatever shit is thrown at him. And I really appreciate that. Just recently, he just did Renfield. Give that a go. It's very exciting. He plays Dracula. Awesome. Uh, But in this one, Nicolas Cage, Selma Blair. Here's, Here's the synopsis. Okay, ready? A teenaged girl and her little brother try to survive a wild 24 hours during which a mass hysteria of unknown origins causes parents to turn violently on their own children. The whole movie is about parents all of a sudden trying to kill their kids. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, God, that's dark. Yeah, but yeah, it's... I like it. It's insane. And so, and I bet you as a parent, look, you, I know you love your kids. All the parents out there, I know you love your children. But there are moments where you kind of... And I think this movie might give you a little catharsis. That's all I'm saying. It's a little cathartic. And it's wild watching the whole idea of like this weird thing coming over the parents. And uh, honestly, it is like, go, go, go. It is a fascinating film. I think it's a great premise for a horror film. You're going to love it. What's it called again, um, Mom Alison? Mum and Dad. Mum and, and Dad. Is it mom as in mom? 
and yeah, dad. M-O-M. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that's why I couldn't find I'm it. absolutely watching that. It's so good. It's like, and Nicolas Cage is so good in these sort of films where he has to play these ridiculous characters with no, you know, it's, and Selma Blair's, I, I just loved it. To me, it was such an interesting, this is why I like horror movies, such weird concepts sometimes. Love it. So, yeah, this was a good one. This is a good one, everyone. Well, yeah. do you know what? It's, it's unusual, Alison, for a recommendation of yours to be over 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's a full 70%. Hey, gang. Yes. So Rotten Tomatoes agrees. um, And you can, I don't know where you can check it out. Just Google it. Don't ask us. Google it. You can find it. You'll find it. Yeah, it's, uh, you'll you'll enjoy it, everyone. Brilliant. Alison, thank you very much for your horror recommendation. Now it is time for us to turn back to Maureen Younger, who has her corner. It has been cultured. It's a little lumpy. Get your spoon out. Let's give it a whisk. (laughs) That is not from personal experience. John does not know that. Um, <laughs> of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> right, so obviously it's the 100th episode, so I've gone for... BBC Culture basically polled book critics outside the UK to ask them what they think is the best in British literature. So this is the top 12, and I have to say I don't really agree with some of their choices. So number one is Middlemarch by George Eliot. I don't know if you've read it. I've read it. It's a, I love George Eliot, but it's a very long book. Number two and three are Virginia Woolf, right? To the Lighthouse, which I bought years ago, never read. I've read that. What do you think? I read it when I was very young, and I don't think I got all of the metaphors and all of the things that were, were being unsaid do you know what I mean? So I think I'd need to read yeah. it again. I don't think I'm the person to best tell anyone what the best literature is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, number three is again by Virginia Woolf, which is Mrs. Dalloway, which I have read and I was bored shitless. Okay. I, I really, I found it m- most tedious book. I mean, I, I gave it away. I don't give away books. So I, was, I was so bored I gave it away. Fourth is a favourite of mine, Great Expectations by Charles Dickens, which is a fantastic, fantastic novel. If you've never read it or you've never read Dickens, it's a long book, but it's definitely worth a read. Joe Gargery is one of the loveliest characters ever created. There's some great characters in it. It's a great story. Totally recommend it. Number five is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. You've read that, Jane, haven't you? Yes, yeah, I've read it. I've read it about three times, I think. Oh, really? I think if I read it now, the misogyny would really... Uh, probably get to me. But um, when I read it as a teenager, I was slightly obsessed with it. Um, don't know why. Um, I absolutely hated Rochester, but I loved Jane Eyre. But I kind of wanted them to get together, even though I thought he was a complete tool. I don't... I, there was so much going on there. Well, I don't are, know. Yeah, you are meant... Isn't it, the brooding heroes, kind of the Brontes, you know, Jane Austen, that kind of thing. Number six is again Charles Dickens, Bleak House, which I've never read, I'm afraid. It's one of the few Dickens I've never read. Number seven, I know you don't really, really like this book, uh, Jen. Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. Ugh, no. God. Number eight is a, another great Dickens novel, David Copperfield, which I would highly recommend. Another brilliant novel is number nine, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, which hey. she wrote. Ah, oh, yeah, I have read that. That's really good. Yes. And also that's not very really... long, if, that, if that's a... No, it is quite long. <laughs> it was not... I've, I've, I've read it. I don't remember it being... Yeah, it is quite long. Is it? Um, oh. And also, people thought, didn't think she... It was published with anonymous... A lot of women did this. Published anonymous because, yeah. you know, if they put a woman's name, people wouldn't buy it. And people thought it was Shelley who'd written it. They didn't... They couldn't believe it was a 17-year-old... I mean, you, when you read it, it's hard to believe a 17-year-old a young woman wrote it. Number 10, a great novel, Vanity Fair by Thackeray. Never read Number it. Number 11, 
we've probably all read this Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Mm. Yeah. Again, I really enjoyed that. That is a really good I mean, it's a great novel. It's, there's a reason why it keeps being made into films. And number 12 is 1984 by George Orwell. Oh, that's a cracking is, book. Yeah. That is a cracking book. And I, um, I remember thinking, because I kept thinking, you know, like there's certain tropes in these, these kind of novels. I kept waiting for the end for, for it to all change. And I'm getting closer to the end going, I don't, when's it, when, everything, when is everything going to change around? Anyway, 1984, totally uh, worth reading. Um, so is Animal Farm. Um, mm. And there's a great uh, cartoon version of Animal Farm, which is brilliant. Animal Farm must be one of the best satires ever written, I think. Um, yeah. It's... So, yeah, they're the books. And also, I have to say, from our book club, so feel free to join us, our book club. We're on uh, Facebook. The three most popular choices seem to be My Sister, the Serial Killer, mm. which, Alison, you actually... I did. I audiobooked it, and I really enjoyed it. It's a really fantastic book. Chloe read that. She really didn't enjoy it. Really? Did you know? I, I bought it. I thought, I've got it here. I still haven't read it, but um, oh, I, I loved it. Persopolis, which is set in uh, Iran, and the Constant Rabbit, which is a very, very funny. Story. Oh yeah, yeah. And of course, obviously, uh, it's not on the top twelve yet. There is Prisons of My Life. <laughs> Just a question of time before that comes into the top three. <laughs> Okay, Maureen. <laughs> Thank you very Prisms much. Prisms of my life. Prisms of my life by Maureen Younger, available on Amazon.com. Maureen Younger, thank you very much for your um, uh, cultural corner, which actually had covered a lot of ground in a very short amount of time, which we absolutely love. Um, and now it's nearing the end of the podcast, isn't it, Alison? Yeah, it is that time. It is that time. We've learned, we've grown, we've, we, we, we've talked about things, we, we, we've been positive, we learned how to move past it. But what we want to do now is revel in things that, that get our goat. So what I want to know is, is you know, Jen, normally I'm like, hey, what gets your goat? Uh, am, I, am I throwing it to, to both of you? Am I, uh, yeah. But we I think we're throwing know, it to Jess. Yeah, this week, Jess, is there something that's getting your goat? What the hell's getting under your skin? Let it out. Don't judge me. Now, you're going to be judging me now, but bloody well wait, okay? This is terrible, isn't it? That's what's got my goat. And and, and do you know who I blame? Society. (laughs) What's getting under my skin this week is people driving too fast, especially in built-up areas, especially during the school run. And I'm of an age now where I will stand there in their face, outside the car, I won't get in the car, but in their face, and I'll make a hand gesture to slow down. <laughs> and it's dangerous. So I live in South East London because they could get out and try a murder. But I'd be up for it. If it was fisticuffs, I'm game. I had somebody tell me to slow down. And I thought, fine, I should have slowed down. And I said, I'm ever so sorry. You're right, I should have slowed down. Saying that, the person asking me to slow down wasn't a pedestrian. It was someone using a very fast electric scooter on a pavement. So as much as I did agree to slow down, I do think they also shouldn't be allowed on the pavement. And that is another... Am I allowed? That's another go. Yeah, I, totally. That's been... I don't yeah. want electric scooters on pavements. And actually, I don't want them on roads without a helmet. But they're too easy to kill. I feel like all I do is drive around now going... Murderer, don't kill me. Murderer, don't kill me. Like that. That is definitely one of my goats, is those bloody scooters. Often children on them. Uh, all or in a black. parent with a tiny child in front. All in black, always. Fuck no helmets. Helmet. 
No helmets. No, I can't see you. I cannot see you, you absolute tool. But yeah, I totally get the whole thing of driving. I I shout at cars down my street that are going too fast. I just shout at them. Slow down! I have to be really careful because um, often I'm I'm surrounded by children. There's a little bit of me that's like, you can't really start calling people driving uh, past your house. Fuck quits in front of, you know, a handful of seven-year-olds. But um, I totally get it. It makes me so cross. I'm like, this is a residential area. Who do you think, what do you think is happening here? There's children. Yeah. I, I'm constantly like that with my kids, with my, with my hands, in, arms in front of them, like some completely overly protective parent. Just because I know they've got no impulse. They've got no clue. They do, te- they still now, even though we do the look left, look right, look left again, they they don't get it. They're not getting the look left, look right, look left again. They go, oh, it looks like there's nothing there. And they just go for it. And then the, yeah. some absolute asshole is pegging it down, flying over the speed bumps like an absolute C-U-N-T. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't cope. I, I, so I think that's a legitimate goat. And also hand-to-hand combat is, yeah, do it. And I know my money would be on you, Jess, anyway. What you could do is envision the mean mum. Uh, while you're battling people <gasps> and really, yeah, 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 yeah. You'd win every fight. Not that we're endorsing violence, but maybe. Oh, I totally am endorsing violence. I'm endorsing violence. I'm endorsing shouting at people in the street. Uh, if you are going to drive down a residential area that is clearly a 20 mile an hour zone at 40, you are going to get a blistering shouting menopausal woman in your face. I'm not as strong as Jess. That's the only thing. So when it comes to hand-to-hand combat, I would lose very quickly. I don't know if you've seen my wrists very small wrists. Um, I have never noticed you. Yeah, I've got, I've, got my, I've, got, I've got ridiculously Tasty weak wrists. wrists. Put them up. Tight little wrists. wrists. It's a, it, I have little dainty wrists. I have little dainty wrists. They're dainty. They're dainty wrists. And also you need a big wrist if you're going to punch, as I've realised uh, on the only occasion I punched somebody and my wrist went, oh, no. no, that's not going to work for you. <laughs> not that we're condoning violence on WTV. No, no. Absolutely not. I punched not. a mugger once. Oh, Maureen, you've got a good, strong wrist. Show us your wrists. He went flying. He wasn't expecting that. He asked for my money. I thought, you can fuck off. Punched him and he went flying down the stairs. Yeah, good for you. It's always... It's it's good if you're going to punch someone to make sure that they are at the top of an escalator first because yeah. you will have <laughs> momentum's on your side as well, yeah. which I think is good. Yeah, yeah the momentum's on my side. He was coming up the stairs and I was coming down. Yeah, fair enough. I, I mean, I'm with you more and I don't and have... And also, I, I, was all, I was like in a 1950s outfit, you know. I, mean, I didn't look like I, could, I would punch somebody, do you know what I mean? I love it. I love it. Well, Jess, that's a perfectly legitimate go. Thanks. People yep. speeding in a residential area around children. Um and if if uh, you do do that, do expect a very the hand signal. Well, oh, the hand signal. Yeah, <laughs> do expect double hands. Slow Will down. you slow down? Does that work, Jess? When you do that? No, it makes them really defensive and angrier. Right. Okay. Has anyone yeah. ever gotten out of the car to shout at you? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like about the time, I'd, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, when someone threw a, a bottle of um, Coca-Cola out of their car window and I picked it up and put it back in their car and they chased me down the street um, uh, in their car. So uh, I'm going to say it's not always a positive thing. Jess, it's been so lovely to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. What a flipping laugh. Because uh, also I know you're I not feeling it. tippity-top uh, and we so appreciate it. Such great advice. <laughs> So many laughs. 
a future podcast guest in Maureen and eventually also Alison. I would love that. I love talking yeah. food. Let's do it. Let's do it. And anything you'd like to promote while you're here, anything you'd like to tell the WTB listeners, obviously check out Hoovering. You can get that wherever you get your podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. There's five years worth of five episodes years. for you to catch up on. Yes, and lot, it is it? such a great companion if you're doing oh, the Hoovering. Thanks. Listen to Hoovering while you're doing the Hoovering uh, or while you're cooking. That's another one. Anything else, Jess? Give it to us. I've got a series on BBC Sounds called Sturdy Girl Club, which is like four 15-minute comedy series about oh um, fantastic it's all about weightlifting but you don't need to be interested in weightlifting I've hopefully made it funny not just radio for funny <laughs> check that out this okay so sturdy girl bbc sounds uh can you and uh, can you listen to it anywhere else for people that aren't based in the uk is that possible i don't know i'm not sure i think you might be all right with bbc sounds i know it's hard to get iplayer outside of the uk but i think audio you might be all right Oh, right. Yeah. So wherever you are, download yeah. BBC Sounds and have a listen to that. Jess Foster Q, you have been our 100th uh, guest. You haven't been our 100th guest. You've been our, actually our, our fourth guest, but you have been our special guest in our 100th episode. Aww. Oh, I've Thank you very much to all of our listeners. Please do continue to listen. We're hoping to do another 100. <laughs> Lucky people for you. Uh, <laughs> women talking bollocks if you have enjoyed wtv please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review oh you can check out our socials now on instagram facebook twitter youtube and you never know we may even get on tiktok and if you do like the show please do have a look at our patreon for bonus content and weekly treats well that do 